This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Small Biz America. The Brain. Our guest on this segment focuses on helping businesses and brands find success online. Jim Kukrell is a web marketer and business web coach, speaker, longtime award-winning blogger, and the author of a new book called Attention. For years, Jim has been working on the bleeding edge of web marketing and business, doing just about everything you can do in that space. Today, he's one of the industry's most sought-after consultants and public speakers. Joining us on the line from his office is in Cleveland, Ohio, to tell us more about his new book and more is Jim Kukrell. Jim, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. This is a great show. Great to have you. Let's start with this. What's the biggest thing business owners seem to get wrong when it comes to building their brands online? Just the the 60,000 foot view. The biggest thing that they seem to get wrong is, you know, not focusing enough on generating more sales, leads, and publicity for their business. You know, it's real, real easy to get real focused on doing your business, providing the things you need to give to your customers, and forget about the fact that those customers may not be there forever. So so working to generate a, a lead funnel, a sales funnel of people who can constantly walk in through your door, whether it's a, uh, an e-commerce store or whether it's a, uh, an actual retail location, not focusing enough on the marketing and the lead generation business so that they can continue that stream of, of business. Jim, what led you into this field, this online marketing world? Tell us about your experiences leading up to the work you're now doing, and then ultimately we'll get to the book. Yeah, I got started in the internet business about 1994, right when it was really starting to become you know real, per se, and uh, learned HTML and started doing graphic design. I designed some of the uh, internet's first big Fortune 500 websites like Ernst & Young and uh, Sherwin-Williams and sites like that. Huh. And, early uh, in the game. To, yeah. yeah, real early in the game. I learned how to um, be a marketer. And about 1999, I, I understood that, wow, you can actually build websites and start making money from them. And I got into affiliate marketing and um, just you know became a, I love teaching people now. So it's all about helping people figure out how to make money, generate leads, get publicity, do all those types of things. And that's where I spend most of my time now. Sounds like building blocks and, and really a systematic approach to creating what you're calling the lead funnel, this uh, systemized way of, of continuing that pipeline. Let's uh, shift gears. The book is Attention. Why did you write it? And what gap? Well, there are a lot of books out there about marketing and certainly about the Internet. What did you want to do differently? Yeah, so the full title is Attention, This Book Will Make You Money. And it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a little bit long, long title there, but the truth is this. Anyone can go out there, any business or brand can go out there and get attention. 
the trick is, what are you going to do when you get somebody to look at you? So there's two parts. Number one, how do you come up with great ideas to get people to look your way? Then the key is, once they're looking, how do you turn that into sales, leads, and publicity? Because that's what this is all about. There's a reason we're all in business. It's not because we just want to do it for fun. We'd much rather be on a beach someplace or you know, doing whatever we want to do that's more fun. If you've got to find a way to generate more sales, leads, and publicity, and that's what the book teaches you is how to get attention and then turn it into revenue in some way. I did pull a few themes from the book, uh, some materials that uh, you've provided in prep for this interview. Let's take a few of these. Creating a compelling hook. Jim, how do you approach the idea guiding your clients, your readers, through the idea of creating something, this handle, this hook? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Say What You Do, and I'll give you a great example. So there was a woman I interviewed in the book, and she used to have a company called Aviva LLC. Now, anyone on this call can tell me what Aviva LLC does, and I'll give you a million dollars. Exactly. You, you don't know. And we live now in an instant society. You remember all the stuff they taught us 10 years ago about how you have four to six seconds to get somebody and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, guess what? It's, it's no longer. It's instant. It's not a second. It's not two seconds. It's instantly. And one of the ways that you have to do that is say what you do. She rebranded her company to the database diva. In other words, she does databases. Customers instantly know what she does. Creating a hook, one of the very first things you have to do is start saying what you do. All the rules that apply in, in the old days, in your MBA courses or things like that, where they said create a professional sounding name with an LLC and all this stuff at the end of it, we gotta start moving away from that because people have ADD and people wanna know instantly what you do. Yeah, this ties into your idea about maintaining a good brand name online. Well, I guess the idea of the name or a positioning line is a very different thing than the brand itself, which is bigger than what you're called. Talk to us a little bit about, it's a broad subject, but in the context of this short interview, what's your approach is to branding and how you, how you approach that in terms of teaching people? Yeah, I've always defined branding as, you know, like uh, the experience. I think that you can't, you can't, exp- you can't, call branding until you experience it. And, um, you know, when I say maintain a good brand name online, it's like if, if you're the database diva, you need to be the database diva on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on your website, on your blog, and, you know, everywhere else out there. Maintain your brand name. Own it. Go out there and keep control of it. There's a lot of small business owners who are just getting started putting their social media presence together. And it's really important for you now to go out and reserve those spots and make sure that you're consistently maintaining your brand name across all those places. Because here's the truth. You can no longer just communicate to your customers the way you want to communicate to them. In other words, there are some people who will only want to talk to you through Facebook. There are some people who will only want to talk to you through Twitter, through email, through phone. So you have to be everywhere now. So maintain your brand in all of those places and keep it up because that's where the people are coming from. They're, they're deciding, not us anymore. Beautiful. If you're just joining us, we're visiting with Jim McCookrell. He's the author of Attention. This book will make you money. The website for the book, www.attentionthebook. Com. And your website is www.jimkukral.com. Now we get into sort of this idea of instant success or the idea of going from idea to success in eight hours. Tell me a little bit about how this works. Well, I give an example in the book where I had an idea 
about seeing if I can get some uh, PR uh, media coverage locally in my town. And yeah. uh, long story short, basically what I did was I said I put up a little website. I bought a, a eight dollar domain name, and I made this fun little video. And it was about a local sports team, and I sent it to, uh, I just sent emails to all the media in my town saying, hey, I'm doing this, and we're going to protest this game. And it was, you know, the whole thing took me about an hour and a half. Wow. Um, just on the spur of moment, the idea. Three hours later, I got a call from one of the local TV stations saying, we want to talk to you about this thing you did. And another four hours later, I had uh, a video crew in the living room of my house interviewing me for a segment on that night's news. Now, that turned into business for me. A lot of laughs from friends and family who came and saw me. But a lot of people who found me and said, wow, I didn't know that you, there were web marketing people in Cleveland. You know, and they, they came. So something, it, the point is this. Anyone can generate publicity. You just got to have the right hook. You got to be able to approach it in the right way. And it's so easy to do if you could come up with something interesting. You took a very, sorry, I guess this is a random idea that you took. It wasn't necessarily tied to your business, a business, except for the fact that it put you on the map. In PR, what I've learned from the folks I've interviewed, I want to get your two cents on this. Weigh in, please. You need to have story, don't you? It needs to be story worthy. It can't just be about your company. No, that's actually, I own a website called yourpitchsucks.com. <laughs> Um, the second book I'm writing now is called The Ultimate Pitch, which is based upon that whole theory, mm. which is that, you know, the biggest mistake that people make when they go to write their website or their PR or the press or anything is they write about their company. And the yeah. truth is that nobody cares about your company. Reporters don't care. Consumers don't care. The reason people come to the Internet is because people have problems and they need them solved or they want to be entertained. So you got to start thinking from that angle. You know, David Pogue, the New York Times technology reporter, uh, gets between two to three thousand email pitches every single day. Wow, two to three thousand. So how do you think you're going to get through to him? First of all, you're probably not, unless you have an established relationship with him. But in another example, if you're trying to get through to a journalist, you know, you're going to have to find ways to stand out, and then you're going to have to have story. That helps them. Remember, they're just trying to get stuff out to their readers, their viewers, or their listeners. So they're looking for help. And you have to give them help. If you say XYZ company is, is having a party on this date, they're going to look at that and go, are you kidding me? Why, why would I do that? If you want to promote that, buy an ad. But if you send them one that says, you know, uh, we've been in business 150 years and we're having Mick Jagger come, you know, I mean, just try to be a little bit different. Don't just talk about what you do. Talk about what problems you solve. Jim, you have three truths for generating, coming up with great ideas. What are they? Well, you know, the first one is free your mind. Um, we've been taught from a young age that we should uh, think like everyone else. Absolutely. Uh, think yeah. creatively. And, you know, this is a reason I almost want to pull my young kids out of school some days because, um, you know, they're being taught that you need to think like everyone else and do like everyone else and be like everyone else. And that's not how I think. So, right. you know, things like that. Uh, coming up with great ideas. Carry a notebook. You know, keep it around. Put it on your iPhone or your BlackBerry. If you have a great idea, you've got to write it down. You know, Jones Soda, if you've ever heard of that, Peter Van Stoke owned that company. He had an idea one day in the car to make turkey and gravy soda. And he called up his, his tech guy at the factory and he said, make, tur make me turkey and gravy soda. So this guy competes with Coke and Pepsi, who combined spend about a billion dollars a year 
on advertising. So if you're a $20 million small soda company competing with mega giants, how are you going to do that? Well, you take an idea and you run with it. See, the biggest problem that I see with small business owners is that they all are so busy that they, 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 they have good ideas from time to time, but they're either too busy to do them or too scared to try them. And when you start to really think about it, if you don't have millions and millions of dollars to hire PR firms and advertising agencies and things like that, how are you really going to grow and or stay afloat even if you're not coming up with a, an idea like Peter did at Jones Soda where you can get $25 million in free publicity just by doing something a little bit different? I'm going to strap together the next two, making money from online videos and then the idea of making money from social media. Yeah, so making money from online videos, I mean, you're a business if you're listening to this most likely. So I give a lot of examples in the book about how people have done it. But absolutely, online videos for businesses is huge. You know, I just met with uh, somebody this morning who is an aerial photographer. And how cool of a job is that? And he said, I have about three or four competitors here in the Ohio area. I said, well, what are you doing different that makes you stand out to your customers. And he's like, well, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I said, you know what you do? You go out and you get one of those uh, Kodak ZIA cameras or flip camera and you take it in your plane and you go, all right, we're going to, and you show people how you do the aerial photography. I mean, how neat is that? And put those videos up on YouTube, show you flying around, show how you take pictures, you know, do those types of things. And then when you go to, um, go to pitch a client, you go, you want to see how I do it? Go watch my video on YouTube. I love that. Now, yeah. yeah, it's great. I mean, it's so simple. People, I mean, if you have a factory and you make widgets, take the camera back in your factory and interview all the people running the machines and show how the machines work or the printing press or interview the people on the dock and show the whole thing from start to finish. And then when your salespeople go into a meeting, go, well, you want to see how we make our stuff? Here, here's a video. I mean, making money is real easy to do. It's just generating interest. It's entertaining people. As terms of social media go, social media for me is not about playtime. It's about business. And as a small business consultant and as a small business owner, you know, there's never been a greater time in the history of the world to be able to get your brand and your business out there. But to me, it's not playtime. You know, that's for my niece, who's 22 years old in college. She can use Facebook 30 times a day to tell her friends where she's eating and what they're doing. I use it for business. Everyone is a lead. Everyone is a potential word of mouth. And that's why it's worthwhile to me. And that's why a lot of small businesses don't get into it, because they haven't flipped that switch in their head yet. From your experience with social media, do you find that this, the excess is uh, done, or excess is achieved when they provide links to something well, yeah, it, the, the, the successful social media strategy is all about content generation. So you can't go on social media and go, buy my widget or go here. Instead, what you would do is make a video about your widget and then put that video on your blog and then go on social media or Facebook or Twitter or anything and say, hey, um, we just made an entire video series about how we make our products. Do, do you want to watch? Right. And that's how you do it. Create content, webinars, e-books, books, white papers, um, um, screencasts, podcasts, videos, on and on. It's about content generation. 
I wanted to spend a little time on the matter of membership websites and getting subscribers as well. How do you approach this? What are some of the pitfalls? Guide us through best practices, if you would. Well, the beauty of membership or continuity programs is anyone who's been in business and had a CMO knows that your business is more valuable if you have recurring revenue as opposed to just one-time sales. So uh, the business of memberships or recurring sites is really good. Now, if you know a lot about something, if you're an expert in something, your business is really good at something or you, there's absolutely no reason that you shouldn't be taking the knowledge in your head and transferring it to the web and putting it out there in a way that lets people make money. And here's the truth about it. If you do it the right way and you offer a lot of value, People will thank you, but there's too many small business owners or people out there who don't value what they know a lot about, and they're scared or they're just unsure about how to sell it. One of the ways to do that is continuity programs or membership programs, and you know it can really actually add a third-party stream of revenue to your business, or it can be an actual salary replacement. And, and it's been said too, Jim, do you agree, setting up levels, a free membership level for certain types of content or experience for the, the visitor, and then staging up, or is it fine to just have one level and charge for that, or, or does it depend? It, you know, it depends. The uh, best practice is this, though. You know, I mean, um, it's best practice to have one or two, uh, have two or three choices. The reason is, you know, if you've ever sold anything online, and I know you have, is that you know people like a certain amount of choices. If you give people 20 choices, that's probably too many. But if you give them three and you make a compelling case, you say, well, here's the starter one, but package B has, this, has everything from the starter package plus this, and then package C just has everything. You know, Most of the time, you'll sell 60, 70% of the time, people will always buy the middle package. But there is always gonna be that percentage of people who are gonna buy the top level package. Remember. People have money, and this is another thing that a lot of small business people seem to forget when they're doing online things is they use PayPal, and PayPal's okay, but the truth is is that most small, they're small business owners, we all have credit cards, and we're willing to use them. So, you know, put your credit card, get a merchant account, put that on your site, and, and you'll find that more people will actually pay you more often when you do that. That's interesting. So you've found from experience, from a transactional standpoint, more success is made with credit cards than PayPal because it's not so instant, I'm guessing. There's a flow. I know it, I know it for a fact, yeah. and I've proven it. And yeah. the truth is, is that most people don't know PayPal or really don't trust PayPal. That's funny. Small business owners and big corporations, they don't work with PayPal. When they see PayPal, they're like, that's... That's not how we do it. Mm, um, interesting. Have, yeah, they don't. They they look at it and they're like, uh, this must not be the person for us. They you know they can't even get a credit card transaction on their way. Right. Right. You know. I think there is a version people to buy from you. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step in. Here. Is there not a version of PayPal where uh, just to drill down into that a little bit, where you where they where you can use a credit card, but it's still a PayPal transaction? There is. You, what you do is you go to PayPal and you create a button for a package and you put it on your website. The problem is you still have to go through PayPal. There's still a big giant PayPal logo at the top. Yeah. You know, it's still PayPal. At the end of the day, you know, people look at that and they're like, oh, it's PayPal. Mm. You know, think about this for a second. When people go to buy uh, a DVD player online or anything online, buy through a regular credit card transaction. They don't see any PayPal stuff. Right. When you add a confusion level into the, the purchasing process, mm. That's the enemy. The enemy of, of 
buying is confusion. You make forms too long, or you make it. You know, if, if they have one doubt in their head, what is this? Pay, what is PayPal? What is this? I've never done this before. You know, that one doubt in their head stops them from buying from you. Great stuff. The book is Attention. This book will make you money. We've been visiting with author Jim Kukrell. The website, www.attentionthebook.com for the book website. And then his uh, site is Jim Kukrell, K-U-K-R-A-L.com, Jim Kukrell.com. Jim, we'll do it again for sure. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Small Biz America. The Brain. Online at smallbizamerica.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.